I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. What's up, y'all? Jeremy here. Uh, A couple of announcements, quick announcements before I throw it to this week's killer episode. Um, We are going to be in Toronto, y'all. Brian, Taylor, and myself are coming to TDOT. Well, again, we're going to record a a whole batch of episodes like we usually do. But here's the exciting news. This time around, we're doing our first live show in Toronto. We could not be more excited. Uh, Taylor literally shit his pants when he heard. Um, And basically the dates, we're going to be in Toronto from the 25th to the 29th, but our live show is going to be on Friday, January 27th. Uh, It's going to be held at the Movember House, which you can find that place at 588 Richmond Street West. Uh, it's a new space that they bought, the uh, November offices, and it's uh, apparently it's amazing. I haven't seen it yet. I can't freaking wait. Uh, the details aren't hammered out completely. However, we do know it's going to be a pretty intimate show, about 70 spaces available. Um, and the show will start around 8.30, and we'll hang out there till about 11.30, having drinks, hanging out, doing our thing. And then who knows, maybe afterwards we'll go out and get even more drunk and have an even better time. Um... But I can tell you this, our tickets for the show are going to go on sale this week. Uh, Can't tell you when, but when they do, uh, our Patreon subscribers will be the first to know, and they will get 24-hour access access to uh, a pre-sale, and then after that first 24 hours, we're going to open up the ticket sales to the public. So if you want to get first dibs and you're not supporting us on Patreon yet, this is a great opportunity. Go on over to www.patreon.com slash sickboy and um, check that shit out. So without further ado, let's throw it to this week's episode. It's a bit of a special one. Uh, Back in November, I went to Maui, again, hanging out with the Athletes for Cancer crew, and I met a new friend named Mark. Mark has brain cancer, and... um, He is one of the most lovable people I've ever met, and I think you'll understand why when you hear our conversation. I hope you enjoy it. We love each and every one of you, and uh, talk to you soon. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Mark. He has terminal brain cancer. Let's talk about it. Oh, dude, right? I know. <laughs> I could sit here all skeeved out, just like just feeling like a dirt bag, and like wash myself in I don't know how long. <laughs> dude, I haven't either. I feel like such a dirt bag. It's funny, like when because <clears throat> I'm so used to TV and like stage, so I'm I've always been like oh, I gotta gotta make sure like my hair is in order. I gotta make sure I don't have like weird facial hair out of out of place. And now it's just like. I'm fucking on recording audio. I can just look like a... I literally just take my pants off in the recording studio. <laughs> yeah. It's not uncomfortable for everyone involved. Yeah. I mean, in that way, you don't really need to. Uh, I mean, you could, we could be totally naked. No one would. <laughs> yeah, well, we are. <laughs> That's the thing. 
Yeah. <laughs> and it's, we're just a couple of dudes. Just Yeah, just a couple yeah, dudes yeah, hanging out in a cabin uh, uh, together well, in Maui. What, what would be nice is if there was like a hot spring or something sitting there, and then we were totally naked and just chilling in a hot spring. I've never been in a hot spring. Oh, my God, dude. Where you need to go is Telluride, but, Colorado. Oh, okay. I was going to say Hot Springs, yeah. Arkansas. No, actually, well, yeah, that's a pretty... I have been there, but yeah. I, I never got to do the hot spring. Um, there are hot springs. The, the hot springs I love going to is in just outside of Uray, Colorado. Um, and I am not going to remember the name of it right off the top of my head. Um, but it is a pretty natural hot spring, and it's a private, privately owned place. But you can go in there um, nude... If you like, whatever. It, the, the the spring itself is really, like, naturally sculpted. It's like a, a big pond, you know. So it's it's outdoors. Outdoors. You know, it's at 8,000 feet elevation, so it's, you know, in the wintertime. Well, fuck, it's in the fall in the winter. It doesn't matter when. It's like, it's freezing outside, especially at nighttime. What's the temperature of the water? Uh, the water is always somewhere in, um, like... Somewhere between 101, 100, 101 degrees um, Fahrenheit. So it's like a, it's a hot tub. Like that's oh, that's, that's like it's standard a really hot tub. Nice hot. It's yeah. a very nice hot tub, and it's got um, like you know plenty of minerals, but it's not a stinky kind. Like some some hot springs. I don't know if you've been to them. sulfur. Yeah, the sulfur ones. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not as. I'll go in them because they're nice. But but you're just hanging out with like a bunch of naked people in. Water that just smells like rotten eggs. Well, and farts. Some, and some of them look like they're. Some of them. Some of those hot springs look like they were built for this purpose. Like they're like pool. They're like pools that look like uh, a a gym. You know, uh, and that they look like a regular old swimming pool. That's not as cool as this place. This place looks like it's been there for a million years, and. Well, actually, it, it might probably have. have. Yeah. <laughs> it might have been there a million years. I don't know. But it is, uh, they might feed it from a natural space. But anyway, the, the, the pool in the place that you go to there is uh, Orvis Hot Springs. Orvis. Orvis. Orvis Hot Springs. Where is this at? In Colorado? In Colorado. Um, right, I can't, I, that'll have to come to me again too. But um, the name of the town where it is. It's, but it's it's near Uray, Colorado. Okay. Uh, near Telluride, Colorado. Yeah, Colorado's a place I haven't actually had a chance to check out, but everyone says it's like it's just, just bitching. Yeah, it's amazing. Mother Nature, man. Mother Nature, shit. And, yeah. wa- and water. And wa- water. water. Yeah. Right? What a beautiful thing that we really don't take very good care of, obviously, in this yeah. in this day and age, but uh, hopefully we'll get, get better at it. Figure that shit out. Yeah. Hopefully everyone starts listening to Bill Nye. I know. Stop destroying everything. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice if everybody stopped destroying stuff? It'd be a pretty, pretty wonderful place. Yeah. You know, it's. I, I mean, so I guess this is a good segue into where we are right now. We're we're sitting in a, a little sort of like wooden hut um, that's mm-hmm. no bigger than maybe like fifteen by fifteen by fifteen by fifteen feet. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that would just be fifteen by fifteen. <laughs> and uh, in in. Like, re- literally on the beach in Maui. Yeah, it's an A-frame. Yeah, a little A-frame hut. Yeah. And this... I've been to Maui a number of times. I know you've been to Maui a couple times. And there's this place is just, like... You can't help but be reconnected back to the, the like, 
and again, I'm going to get real sort of airy and 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 fluffy here. That's my style. But Please like do. totally, it, it forces you to understand the healing properties that that the earth has to offer. You know, like that the elements have to offer. You know, we're spending our days going out and surfing, or you know, at least just being in the water. Uh, watching people surfing, or we're spending our days walking through sort of you know like rainforest type environments, and I don't know, man, it's like uh, desert environments. Yeah, I mean, you, desert you're, from you're, desert. One to, moment you're in in the in the jungle, and then the next moment you're in a desert, like mm-hmm. by driving. You know. And then the next moment you're just f- surrounded by just volcanic rock. Yeah, that, and that was uh, that was actually yesterday was on my first uh, trip to the volcanic. Uh, Area where they're all that black mm-hmm. stone, like whatever, not lava, the dried lava, or you know, that was the first time I was there either. That yeah, was crazy. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's intense. It looks like uh, it. The lava really looks as though you could jump in it or on it. Like it looks like it's uh, like gooey, but it, but it's in a, in a it's, gooey. It's very, very hard. It's extremely hard, and because of the gooeyness of it, it's actually extremely sharp. Yes. Because yeah, it looks right. like, oh, I could grab a piece of that. No, you can't. Yeah. You, <laughs> you grab a piece and you cut your finger on it. Slice yourself open, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's a pretty beautiful island. And uh, I, I, anyway, if you've never been to Maui, I think you, you definitely for sure have to check it out or check out any of the Hawaiian islands for that, yeah. for that matter. Um, so, okay, uh, first of all, what's your name? Oh, my, my real name? Yeah, let's do real names for okay, this. Okay, my, my, my real name is, is Mark Schoeneveld. Mark Schoeneveld. And you, uh, what's your power name here at camp? Uh, Walu. Walu. Um, so, Mark, uh, where are you from? Uh, I live uh, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Born and raised? No. guess you don't know much about the playgrounds where you're spending most of your days. <laughs> no, I don't know. I do know a lot about the playgrounds around where I live now because I have children. Yeah, that's right. I bring them to the playgrounds all the time, so I do know all the good, uh, all the good spots, all the hot spots, all the hot spots. Cool, sweet. Um, and uh, what's you dig Philly? It's a good, good spot. Yeah, I've been there about <coughs> about ten years. And you're a big music guy, right? Yeah, I'm a big music guy. Um, tell me about why vinyl. Uh, Why Vinyl is a, a, a music project, or a, it's a, a website that I started ten years ago, um, right around the time I moved to Philadelphia. So I was a ski bum for a while in, in, in Telluride, Colorado, and I decided, you know, it's nice to live in a beautiful place where there are very few people, but I'd rather do some time in a big city where it's gritty and dirty and crazy mm. and. Philly is all those things, and I, uh, when I was there, I started writing this blog about the music scene that was happening all around me. I I started writing about music, and and not so much writing about music, but sharing music that I loved, and um, sharing other people's uh, projects, and just kind of being very open about. Uh, what was happening in my scene and what was happening in scenes around the around the world, really. And uh, now it's uh, ten years on, and uh, I I have been covering music and going to shows for a long time, and uh, cover you know and throwing my own shows, uh, South by Southwest and CMJ in New York, mm-hmm. and 
Um, so I got a lot of uh, a lot of people watching what I do now, which is kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you got quite a following on the 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 whole Y vinyl thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I I don't know exactly what the numbers are, but I actually stopped caring about the numbers because, well. I don't know. Well, for one reason, I got cancer. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Well, good, good segue there. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's know. why we're here to talk. Is yeah. is you you got cancer? Let's take it back to the beginning. So, um, you you moved to Philly after being a ski bum, mm-hmm. um, and you do, can can we like do sort of a, a a short story if you don't mind about how you met your your significant other. Okay. Um, cause there's something, I love a good love story and there's something very beautiful about that. Cause I heard you tell it the other night. Um, so this guy <laughs> likes music, he's in Philly and, uh, or just outside of Philly, I guess. No, no. Well now I live a little bit outside of Philly mm-hmm. <clears throat> cause I have kids, but I was a single dude in my young thirties kind of being, just a just a fucking goofball, goofball hipster dude who, you know, was in a scene, a pretty heavy scene, and and there were no children in that scene, so that's kind of something that feels so foreign to me now. But my memory of it was pretty uh, is pretty great. <clears throat> so I was like, I gotta go. Asking all my buddies, let's go, let's go see the show. A friend of mine, a guy who I'd only met once, was like, you should come to my show, and I have that. People ask me constantly to come to their shows because that's what I do, you know, and they, they know about my blog and they want to be publicized on my blog, so they want me to come to their shows. And so this guy was asking me to come to their show, and I was like, well, maybe. But then I was like, well, what the hell? Mm. And it was a Saturday night, and I was like, asking all my friends in Philly, come on, come on, come on, come on, let's go to New Hope, let's go to New Hope. Nobody would come with me. So I said, well, you know, Fuck it, I'm gonna go by myself. I don't care. So I went. I got in the car. I drove up there. I love those moments where you're like, I'm gonna go to the movies by myself. Or yeah. I'm gonna go to the fucking show by yeah. myself. Nobody wanted to come. Well, whatever. What am I gonna do? Sit in my house? Yeah. Do nothing? You know? Yeah. So I was like, that's it. I got. I got to do this. So I went up uh, on my own, and uh, and I walked into this place. I saw the show. The, the, my friends were like the second band, and then between the second and third band, the last band. Uh, I saw this amazingly beautiful woman standing there, surrounded by dudes. As you do, yeah. as they are. Oh, there were very few women at this show. It was kind of a rock and roll show, so there was 90% dudes and 10% women, and I think the only really attractive <laughs> one was uh, this very tall, blonde woman, and I was like, oh my God, who is that? And uh, I decided, well, I'm going to stand here and uh, kind of wait for her to, you know, see if one of those dudes were her boyfriend. I don't know. You know, you never know. Yeah. So, so you're just uh, creeping over in the corner. You're you're that guy in the corner, just like, like looking over his drink, like with his kind of eye cocked. No, you can't, you know, you keep, someone comes up, they're like, what the fuck are you doing over here, dude? You you keep your eye open. You look over. (laughs) Yeah. 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 She's still sitting there surrounded by dudes. Okay. (laughs) But you know, after 15 minutes or so, then all of a sudden, there's your window. There's my window. Mm-hmm. And she's standing there by herself. And I was like, oh, hey, okay. Walked over to her and I said, hey, I'm Mark. What's your name? And uh, she likes, and that's exactly what I said. She likes to re- repeat that because uh, she thought that that was so, uh, I don't know, 
fresh. Yeah, dude, that's game. That's that's fresh game right there. Hi, I'm Mark. That's so, it. And there was no no fuss, no muss. It was just uh, straight up. Hey, I'm Mark. What's your deal? Um, I asked her if she lived in New Hope, and she was like, "No, I live in Philly." I was like, "Oh, psh, funny so that. I live I. in Philly too." Yeah. Uh, so we started talking, and we had a really nice conversation. And then uh, after a, 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 some time, I said, "Well, hey, you know, if you or do you have a car? I mean, you know, like you driving home? Like, do you want to?" She said, actually, I, I rode with a bunch of people I didn't really know. I'm like, well, I have a car. I'll drive you home. Dude, you are just, you're, you're fucking Casanova over I here. Know, eh? That's pretty good. <laughs> she was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take a ride, sure. So we had a nice evening. We actually ended up talking there for a while, and then, and then we you know, obviously talked really well in the car for this hour-long drive home. And... Uh, and I, I dropped her off at her house, and I said, hey, this is really nice meeting you. Um, would you like to go out sometime and have dinner or something? She was like, I'd love to. That was uh, the beginning of a very long, uh, well, now six and a half years of uh, crazy adventures. That's where it all started. That's where it all started. Love at first sight. The time period in your life when you and your wife uh, kind of fall for one another... Do you remember, like, the, was there a jam that kind of, that, that you throw back to, like, in the back of your mind, like, that was just kind of spinning as those love wheels were turning? Hmm. Um, yeah. I think the, the, the songs that really, like, play out for me during that period of time and for her was a, a lot of um, the war on drugs, uh, who are friends of mine, and, uh, and, Kurt Vile, who's a friend of mine. And, oh my uh, God, I love him so much. <laughs> so we play. I mean, I have all that, all their early stuff, and and that that that's just always on my music player in the in the living room. Uh, we just listening to that all the time. So that those those tracks are always kind of present in 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 our in our home. Now, when you got married, um, were you was cancer a thing? Did you were you diagnosed? When did you get diagnosed? Uh, I got diagnosed in uh, 20, uh, 2013, uh, Jan, let's see, January, February, March of twenty thirteen. And you were diagnosed with what? Uh, brain cancer. Uh, I always forget which type exactly because there's multiple types and they've never really. I mean, there's. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> I mean, does it matter? It's doesn't, brain cancer. Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. No, it's it, it's 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 been something that I sort of try to forget a lot of times. It's stupid cancer. It's like yeah. Does it make it easy to forget because it's brain cancer? 
<laughs> you know, like, do, do you ever, do, do you ever, <laughs> do you ever wake up and be like, uh, I've, oh, oh yeah, brain cancer. Yeah. Because I know your memory is affected, like, hanging out with you this week, uh, seeing you kind of lose your words and stuff like that, like, yeah. how does, does it affect, does it affect memory direct? Yeah. It does. I mean, no. It it does actually. It doesn't affect my memory. It 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 affects the way in which I'm able to talk, like to say anything mm. with my, with my mouth, like vocabulary, well, vocabulary yeah. wise, and and mm-hmm. that stuff. Which is, you know, it's just it's just a frustration. Super frustrating. Yeah, it's just yeah. a frustration. Um, when you got diagnosed, um, so. How did, how did this all come about? How did you find out? Well, I was at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, and uh, I had a um, couple of showcases down there, um, one of which was uh, happening uh, the very next day after I was walking down the street. Uh, I had gone to a lot of shows, and I had been to a bunch of parties, and I was getting kind of tired and I was like ah, you know what maybe maybe tonight's the night I go to bed early so I was walking towards my my car to drive back to uh, the house I was staying at I just started you know having uh, it was just visualizing rainbows and so I, I always describe it as rainbows it wasn't really like rainbows but it kind of felt like rainbows like my whole visual field was filling with rainbows which sounds really. Are you sure you weren't high as a fucking kite? I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I've done a little bit of the the good stuff. The good stuff that might <laughs> might have you know yeah. shown this to me in my past life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, but it wasn't anything like that. Mm-hmm. Those experiences uh, of of those types of drugs that would potentially cause rainbows. Um, were you thinking, like, when you started to see it, were you like, what the fuck is this? Or were you just I, kind of going with it, being like, oh, this is cool. I've no, stumbled yeah. into some rainbow territory. No, it was the, the very first thought I had was I didn't take any mushrooms. That was, uh-huh. I was like, I swear I didn't take mushrooms. Maybe someone dosed me. I, But I, that was my first thought. Mm. My second thought was, like, this is intense. I need to sit down. And the third thought was... Waking, opening my eyes and being in a hospital. Oh, wow. Like, it was that fast. Boom, boom, boom. It was probably in the span of uh, uh, a minute and a half. And you had a seizure, right? Is that, the, is that basically what happened? Yeah, I had a grand mal seizure. Okay, so you wake up in a hospital room, and are you, are you, I mean, how confusing is that? Are you aware? Like, do you know what, are you, are you asking, like, what the fuck's going on? Are people telling you anything? I mean, it. It's just so confusing. It's so confusing. It's like, it's like, it's like I'm sitting here talking to you, and then we hit, we hit stop, on the recording, and then everything goes away, and then you hit play again, and you're in a totally different place. It's like you. Does it make? Does that ever make you question reality? You know what I mean? Like you know what I mean? Like does it ever make you question like, yeah. time and like a sense of time and sense of like your space and like where we exist and. I literally think about that every single day now. Yeah. I mean, I always, I'm, I'm kind of interested in like. That moment you think about every single day or like, or, or that, um, or, or that idea, the concept of like, like reality and what is real and like what is, is not. It, like, is this real that we're sitting here recording this thing and like talking mm-hmm. about this experience? Is this even real? I don't know. It's yeah. sometimes I question that. I, I mean, I, sometimes I think about this every single day. Yeah. And it's 
I would have thought about this anyway because I'm kind of a nerd and I like this kind of sci-fi. I like I like thinking about astrophysicists, astrophysics, and I like thinking about. <laughs> I like thinking about astrophysicists and yeah. what they wear. And well, I actually <laughs> I, I do know some good-looking ones. <laughs> but anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I, you know, oh. neuroscientists and stuff. I, I, yeah. Now I have friends slash colleagues slash uh, actual doctors who treat me with this stuff, and I talk yeah. with my doctors about these kind of things. It's fascinating stuff. Yeah. Like the human brain is a, mm-hmm. it's a mind-boggling thing. You know. Yeah, my neuro, my neuro, my neuropsych doctor is. Uh, one of the world's best in what he does and I ask him every time like a new question because you know I, I get to see him he, he, he checks up with me you know sees how I'm doing and then uh, he's just such a really cool guy and he likes mm. to talk about things or likes to talk with me you know he gets a good he gives me a good 10 minutes 15 minutes it feels like forever and all you just like the balls to the wall, just question yeah. after question after question. Yeah, because I have things that I'm yeah. ready to ask him. But I ask him about these like neuroscientific issues that I feel happen to me every day, and and those questions are re- regarding like, is this real? Like that we're looking at? Like, what is my brain understanding as it sees? Mm. You know, and and how far? What are one of my most important questions is, what is happening in the research level of my Diagnosis. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, what's happening in uh, in science and in like pre-science? Like, what does he think about when he's sitting late at night before he goes to bed? What could I like research on next? Right, 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 right. You know, because I want him. I want to know what he's researching on because I want to know what's next. Yeah, right, right. You know, because he's like at the forefront of his field, so he must be at the forefront of human understanding. Of the mind. Of the mind. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really good videos happening right now. Like on, I, I'm, I'm a kind of a PBS junkie. I watch lots of PBS. Uh, I don't know what the equal... equal yeah, we, we, we know what PBS is. The, e- yeah. the equal thing, I guess, would kind of be CBC, CBC, but yeah. Yeah, so like I watch all the science stuff and mm. Nova. Nova, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Nova, yeah. And, and a lot of times Nova goes into... Uh, because uh, neuroscience is kind of a really hot topic at the moment, uh, and um, and my scenario is kind of like in a hot topic area because mm-hmm. everyone wants to know what's happening in the brain. We're, mm-hmm. I mean, they know so little. It, it, actually, when the, one of the first when I sort of came to after having two brain surgeries and all this stuff that was going on in my head and going through chemo and radiation and all this crazy stuff like. It's one of my biggest frustrations through that was like, why don't we know more? Mm. What the well, hell? It's like it's like the ocean deep. You know what I mean? It's like we know we know so much about our own solar system, yeah, which is so far out there. But like we still know so little about the bottom of our our own yeah. ocean. Like yeah. it's. I mean, I think the reason why is because it, there's there's a complexity there. There's a complexity to. Uh, getting to the bottom of the ocean. There's a complexity to, you know, the study of the human brain and mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's it's yeah, it's which is probably why they keep you awake. You know, when they do like brain surgery and stuff, because they oh, yeah. they're they're 
they're trying to. Uh, well, I, I actually, I, that's total bro science. I have no fucking idea if that's actually why. But um, well, I, 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 I think I told you a couple of days ago that that I had two brain surgeries, and both of which were done while I was awake. Yeah, like they, they they put me down, and then they bring you back. Bring me back. And they talk to me, and they ask me questions, and ask me to count to ten, and ask what the name of my dad is, and ask the way, name of my father, my mother, and my best friend, and they just want to have a, like a like a super ultra simple conversation to know that things are moving properly, and they're literally cutting pieces of my brain while I'm having that conversation. That is so fucking trippy. And I remember that. Oh man. And I know I can remember exactly what that felt like you know being I don't remember seeing much but I remember definitely remember hearing it all yeah and I definitely remember feeling you luckily your brain doesn't have any neurosenses like you don't have you you don't don't feel them slicing a sliver off no you don't is it scary like or, or, or maybe let me rephrase that is it scary to think about that you know to remember having a conversation while your your skull is open and they're poking at your brain yeah, <laughs> like when you think yeah. about that at night, if you're laying in bed, does it get, does your heart kind of start beating a little faster? No, partially because I have this really strong sense of like, is this even real? Yeah, right. right. Because is this like is this? Th- I just don't know that this is actually happening mm-hmm. or not. Yeah, I mean, okay. Well, I mean, coming back to your your cancer. I, you know, having cancer of the lung or having cancer in your bone, like, is one thing. You know, killing the tumor, removing the tumor, and say you're in the clear, it's like, okay, well, I had this thing in my physical body, they took it out. But when you start messing around with the human mind and the thing that essentially plays the, I'm guessing, the biggest role in how we perceive everything, including the physical and... and and you know the the men, like it it would to- i feel like of course it would totally fuck with your whole sense of reality um so so coming back you you wake up in the hospital uh after this um seizure in austin mm-hmm. and from from that moment waking up uh at what point do you find out that there's something fishy going on in your brain which like a lot of signs are pointing towards the big cancer oh. word. Oh, well, I mean, the first fishy sign was that I'm strapped to a gurney or <laughs> yeah, strapped right. to, a, to a table. Mm-hmm. You know, like I couldn't move. I was, I had blood all over. I mean, it was like, I was like, what? Like coming from walking on the street to instantly being tied up and covered with blood, that was obviously strange. The second thing that was very strange was that all of a sudden my wife was there, and um, my wife was uh, <laughs> like in in Philadelphia. Okay, so she came from Philly. So and all of a sudden she was in Austin, and I was like, "What are oh. you doing here? Whoa! What is that? Like, I mean, it was so bizarre. It was so strange. Um, and uh, so yeah, it took me. I mean. I don't really remember this. I remember bits and pieces of this time because it takes you about uh, two days to really clean out the craziness in your brain. After like a tr- such a heavy event? Yeah, like a grand mal seizure. It, like really, like really fucks you up. 
your body doesn't just instantly like recover. Mm-hmm. So I actually ran my event. I was at my event. I have pictures of me. I have a picture of me with like uh, I had fallen on my face. Apparently, I don't remember falling on my face. Of course, but I have a uh, uh, you know that a wound, a, 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 like a. Uh, a band-aid kind of thing like covering the eyebrow co- yeah, yeah covering my eyebrow and, and I got all these really kind of badass things in but again my wife's in these pictures and I'm like that's so weird I, I don't remember flying home at all um, and did know. she come out to see you because you had a seizure or like was she told anything else like at, like at what point are you, is this does this become more than a grandma seizure well, that's and then they said, well, we we you know we we did some um, uh, PET scans, I guess, and uh, I don't I think I probably had done an MRI. I don't remember doing these things, but you know I know now that I you probably, went through the gauntlet of yeah, like I probably had, and then they, you know there's they want to know what's going on in your head, why this happened, and you know we we're just like, well, I guess we need to address the issue because yeah they told me then and there that that there was some kind of growth in my head Mm. that wasn't supposed to be there so they said well we're suggesting strongly that you go straight to uh, a a doctor uh, a brain doctor in when you get home Uh, in in my case was Philadelphia and uh, so I went to Penn Medicine there um which is a, a pretty well-regarded hospital, of course, and um, I'm lucky. I, f- I feel very lucky that I live lived at that, and I still live in Philadelphia. So I was like pretty lucky to be there and to be um, able to just pop into like one of the world's best hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went into the doctor's office, and uh, they said, "Yeah, you know, you're staying." I'm like, "What do you mean I'm staying?" They're like, "Well, we we need to get this this baby out of there." It's you have a big tumor in your head, and it's not wise to leave without, you know, let's address this immediately. Now, at this point, when they were like, you can't go anywhere, um, I guess they, they hadn't said anything about benign or, or malignant. Uh-huh. They're just going, there's a, a mass in there. We need to pull that sucker out. Yeah. They actually didn't tell me that for six months. They, Holy shit. They didn't really tell me what. They told me what they were hoping for. And when when I first had the the tumors extracted, they were telling me that you know there's the that four level scale of of um, badness for mm. for how how intense your your cancer is. Um, and is I, that like stage one, stage yeah. two, stage three? Yeah, I always think of it as like the level of badness. Yeah, right, sure. <laughs> um, so they were telling me I was uh, initially. Uh, they said you know if you go above. If you go into the four, uh, three range, you're already you're considered. Uh, 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 what's the difference? Uh, now I'm forgetting the words. Uh, um, a, a benign or malignant. Malignant. Yes. Oh, okay. So in the in the cutting point, the cutoff point is essentially between three and four. I'm sorry, between two and three. Three. And three. Once you get into three, it's like you're looking at yeah. malignant territory. Yeah. So my initial scans were they were saying, well, we can't see any three level bits in there, but you have a high level two. So we're getting nervous about it, but we're gonna let it play out for for a few months to let you heal from your 
two brain surgeries, mm. which was, that was nice. Um, so I took, I had four months off of work uh, just to kind of like recover from that. And then um, by, by the end of that, they were saying, well, you know, I was doing MRIs on the regular and uh, they said, you know, we're we're, we're we're reassessing the the information that we've gotten already, and we think that we may have, you know, I guess they had other hospitals um, check in on it, um, and they thought that it would be prudent to stay above this thing and, and give me a round of radiation and, and chemo, um, and uh, I was like. You know, I got that news, and it's kind of like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, after the after you have two brain surgeries, and you don't really know that you're cured, and they're saying, you know, this is going to make sure you're cured, or mm. not, I'm sorry, I I'm saying it myself. I hate that word cured. Mm. I, I'm never going to be cured mm-hmm. but, until they have a, a legitimate scientifically proven cure because mm. there is no cure for brain cancer um, that's a, a terminal illness it will not be until they actually have physically figured out a, yeah exactly like a thing you just cure. take this pill and you're yeah right. exactly right so, so is that at that point when they said we're gonna we're gonna like just just to be safe here we're gonna do some chemo and radiation is is that when did cancer start become a, a, a regular part of your vocabulary? Oh, right away. I mean, and cancer, yeah. Cancer, you know, when you when you have cancer, that stories of, of folks that are close to you and uh, and you experience that. Um, I mean, it definitely changes when it's uh, when it's your when it's you. You know, and mm. you think about it yourself, and how kind of the, the cool thing about that is, is that it's you. You can have the power to have your response. Yeah, the way you react. It's or, yeah. It's my choice to respond. <clears throat> it's like if I want to be a total fuck up and like you know quit my meds and run off and you know do whatever and probably die a lot quicker. Yeah, you know, I could do that. It's my body. It's my choice. Mm-hmm. I can. Mm-hmm. It's weird because there's times, of course, when you're feeling really shitty that you think about that. It's yeah. Like, you know what? Why am I hustling? To, what's what's to, the point? To make this better. You mm-hmm. know. And sometimes you're just like, you know what? I don't care. But I do care because mm-hmm. I, I know, and I have I have children now, and and uh, I deeply, deeply, deeply care for my children and. More than I could have ever. That's uh, more than I could have ever imagined. Mm. And so that component has driven me forward. And the love I have for my wife and what we've been through um, has driven me forward. And and to know that, yeah, I want to give it my best. Mm. I want to. So there's things like there's simple things like uh, for my diagnosis that. Uh, many doctors have said to me, you know, for example, uh, drinking alcohol is probably a no-no. Right. For it's probably a no-no for a lot of people. A lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> but 
particularly uh, for a person like me who is now on lots of anti-seizure medication and and all the other stuff that I went through with chemo and all that. It's like you, you alcohol just you're just adding another crazy drug in the mix that mm. you know is very hard to regulate within your own body. So I haven't yeah I haven't drank alcohol in like three and a half years, mm. um, which I feel kind of good about since not to say I was never like an, a, a bad drinker but mm-hmm. it, I feel definitely healthier than I when I'm totally sober watching other people drink yeah like, wow. like, oh god Ugh. yeah this is what it looks like yeah, yeah 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 I mean like because yeah. when, when you're in the mix and you're part of everybody you're, yeah you're just a part of the yeah. the cycle yeah. but now now I have this a, a lot more a more cognizant awareness of what the drinking party scene is really like. Mm. It's like, wow, that's not that attractive. Kind of gross. Yeah, kind of yeah. gross. And uh, so that's been a, a big change. And, and and then, you know, I, I do a lot of running, so I I don't do it like athletic, like in a for for winning mm. games. It's a casual runner. It's, yeah, I'm a casual runner, but I but I love it. It makes me. It makes me feel super centered, mm. you know. Uh, maybe some people do yoga. I, I do a little bit of yoga here and there, but I'm not serious about yoga. Yeah. I just whenever it's available, you yeah. know, like a place like here. And mm-hmm. but uh, but I feel like running makes me feel super fit. And now I have uh, young a uh, young children, which takes a huge amount of energy to manage. So. so when did you, you, when did they come into the picture? You, you were, um, I'm guessing when you were going through all this stuff in Austin, you had the grand mal seizure, uh, you go in for the surgery. Um, you, you didn't have, uh, your, your children that you have right now, you didn't have, they weren't around during this period. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> my wife, who is a complete champion, she was, Six months, six and a half, maybe seven months pregnant when I got that grandma seizure. Oh, wow. So she flew to Austin like with this giant belly. Big old baby belly. Big old belly, baby belly. And uh, um, my second um, brain surgery. Uh, so <laughs> this is another big crazy part of my story is that, or my wife and my wife's story and my story is that. She, I was going for my second brain surgery. Um, she was at that point nine months pregnant, uh, and, and she was due in about ten days. Uh, so I went into surgery. She was there for the surgery. She, she, and a, and a dear friend of ours. And then um, from the that night, everything was cool with me. Uh, I had I was up and awake and alert and everything had gone well uh, and she uh, was like you know I need to get some rest this has been a crazy day we've been here since 6am in the morning it's like at this point it was like 6pm but my stuff was cool and I was stable I was I mean I was in ICU but everything but everything was you know not looking yeah everything seemed like everything was cool so it was good good to go so she went went with our friend and, and went to go take take some uh, snooze, take a snooze, and uh, right around midnight, she started having track contractions. <coughs> excuse me, uh, some con- contractions, and uh, 
birthed uh, my son uh, that that morning, the next day. And I, I suppose you weren't actually able to be there for the for the birth. No, I wasn't. That's that's it's a bummer to me, but it's just a small thing, you mm-hmm. know. When you my my son will know this story for the rest of his life, you know, when he's my age now, and he'll think back on this and. You know, he'll hear stuff like this recording or whatever I write in my book, which I'm writing about these experiences to, to share with him. Uh, you know, it's that's his birth was insane. Like when other people hear the full breath of the story, they're mm-hmm. like, holy shit, mm-hmm. is that for real? It's like, yeah, that happened. I, I can't believe it happened. I mm-hmm. can't believe it happened. But. I first met my son when I was wheeled out of the hospital, when I was wheeled out of the ICU. My wife wanted to come to the ICU, and she was like, she's like total, she's a lion. She Mm. was just like, I want to bring, you know, I want to bring my son over to meet his father. And uh, (laughs) they were like, absolutely not. That's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. Don't do that. So she had to wait a day. I think it was maybe a day and a half before she could come and um, pick me up but she picked me up from there with maybe a couple people and and helped uh manage the whole the process of taking me out on the you know the stroller or mm. the, not a stroller i push yeah. a stroller now yeah, the the, the uh, adult stroller we, yeah, uh, right, the, aka the wheelchair the, the wheelchair yeah <laughs> <laughs> pushing me out to the to the <coughs> to the parking lot you know and mm-hmm. like okay here i am and uh and that's i'm so i met my son uh in the uh at the uh, parking the parking lot of the hospital, not the parking lot, but the, you know the where the, they dr- pick up and drop off. Sure, like sure, sure. Like, yeah, but I, I walked out and I, you know, he was fast asleep in a little, you know, stroller or not a stroller, but a car chair. Mm. You know, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was incredible. It's absolutely incredible. The whole, I mean, that experience. You know, I still had. I had. I think I had. I don't remember the number anymore, but. I think I had something like 120 staples in my skull. Oh, my God. All the way around in this giant almost circle where, yeah. they, where they pulled my skull, scalp and my skull open. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I came out. The first time I had brain surgery, I, I still had, like, my normal long, like, weird floppy hip, hipster hair. But... Then I, I kind of knew that was coming, so they, I shaved my head before... Before you went in. Went in, yeah. So I came out with, like, this... Dude, you must have looked so gnarly. Bald head. I have some yeah. photos. I show, yeah. I'll show them to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like, with this kind of, like, crazy with, like, yeah, yeah. 100 and... What did I say? 110, 120 staples, like, yeah. all the way around in this giant semicircle all around my head. Um, and they were, they were in there for... Oh, I don't know. Probably two, three weeks before they they pull them out. Oh, that's that was not fun. Mm. Pulling mm. staple, pulling 120 staples. Oh God, do you hear it out of your skull? Yeah, you hear that. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Be like, is this ready? Is this done yet? Is this oh, done no. yet? Porn, Satan, drugs, therapy. It's not just the list of what I'm up to this weekend. 
I'm comedian Kiki Anderson, and those are just a handful of the taboo topics I've poked and prodded at so far on my podcast, Indecent, the show where we peel at the wallpaper of polite society. Each episode digs into the dark underbelly of our culture to dissect the things we aren't allowed to talk about around the dinner table, featuring conversations with comedians, activists, journalists, academics. They all help me figure out the who, what, and why behind what is and isn't acceptable behavior. Indecent with Kiki Anderson, where NSFW meets LMAO. Mwah. What would you say out of your out of your like entire experience of treatment was the was the uh, most like unbearable like the shittiest aspect? It, last night you told a story about uh, we were sitting around a campfire and you were tell, talking about this like room you had to go sit in for I, I've never even heard of it before proton or photon therapy oh, or something pro- proton therapy that sounds yeah. fucked where you just have like a like basically a bane mask on or something yeah and you're strapped to a chair alone in the center of a room a giant room yeah like huge room and they're just what like blasting you with protons. Yeah, but you can't hear or feel it. What the anything. fuck is a proton? Oh, that's, well, a proton uh, is uh, part of, uh, well, that's science, man. That's, that's just a bunch of science. That's a bunch of science. The thing that pissed, pissed off my, my doctor then is I always, because this is the first thing, it's easy to call it a laser. Yeah, exactly. It's like an, and, and also cool to call it a laser. Yeah, you're going to laser my head? And he's like, it's he's not. Like, oh, for Christ's sakes, it's not a fucking laser. A laser's a totally different thing. <laughs> yeah, like, right. All right, whatever. It sounds like a laser. No, but it's a proton beam. Um, mm. It's a high-energy uh, proton, um, which goes into your, well, into your body mm-hmm. and then stops. Mm. That's what a oh, crazy. proton therapy is, is like. So shooting the cancer and then stopping as opposed to like going through you you're going all the way through you and and through the other parts of your Mm. body because you want to obviously go through as little as part of like the healthy tissue so that was uh yeah that was something um oh just to come back to the birth of your son what's your son's name uh my son's name is soren oh dude that's a sick name soren uh is that from Lord of the Rings? No, that's Sauron. <laughs> no, no. I do like Soren, though. I think that's cool. Soren, yeah. Um, it's Soren Kierkegaard is mm. one of my theological, or not theological, what's he, a philosopher. Oh, yeah, philosopher. okay, okay. Um, is there is there like a, a an artist or a song that kind of sticks out in, in, your, in, your, in that period of your life? Um, in that period of my life, uh, well, I love, well, I'm a huge fan of Beach House mm. and there's, there's, uh, one of the Beach House records, um, and I, I'm going to not remember it here without like Googling it real mm. quick. Um, Beach House is one of my favorite artists. I, 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 uh, I just love pretty much everything they've ever put out and, uh, I listened to a lot of Beach House during that time, especially like holding a new baby and mm. going through recovery of, you know, brain surgery and all that stuff and just like mm. hanging out, just being like, you know. Just such beautiful chill music. Yeah.
do you do you have do you recall like a, a treatment or or a portion of like throughout your entire treatment that was just like the gnarliest thing the gnarliest experience well yeah you you started talking about that i I could talk about that that piece of it like listening to music in the in the uh in the in in like the the torture chamber room in the torture chamber it sounds like (laughs) you it's funny the way i tell it it makes you think it's like torture but it really wasn't all that horrible right I I, i mean what i was picturing when you were talking about it last night was um uh i'm picturing uh hannibal lecter in the middle of that jail cell yeah. where they like put him in the cell and he's got the mask on yeah. and then they come and they talk to him and they're like, where's, where's, where's the girl? Where's she at? That's no, that's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> that's exactly what it looks like and exactly what it feels like, except that you're laying down and not sitting up like, you're right. Sitting up, right. Like totally wrapped up. And actually my whole, no, was my whole body wrapped up? Yeah, maybe it was. I think that there was probably things that would but strap it, you down. Or it was, I mean, if your head is completely, Strapped, where in it, and they they made this, they made they they made a perfectly uh, created mask for me that was made out of uh, I don't know some kind of plastic that they melted right onto my face and then took it off and dried it up and it, and it was like like a literal mold of my head. It's so sci-fi. Like exact mold of my head. Yeah. So that when I came in to get treatment, they like slip it on. Like it's kind of hard cuz it's exactly the same size as my mm. face. So it would be like it's kind of like clip onto yeah, your like, face. Yeah, like clip it on your face. Is the reason for the mask so that they don't like like proton your head off? Yeah, because they're it's super super exact. Like they're right. that's why they're they're shoot. I mean, they're not lasers. No, yeah, that's right. Listen, listen, folks. They're not lasers. All right. <laughs> they're proton beams, but they go in to a precise location, and they want to hit your cancer exactly, and they don't want to go any further. They because they don't want to hit any other. Neither do I want them to yeah. hit any other part of my brain. I suppose they're they're going for the head though. They're they're shooting it into your brain. Yeah, that's the can't like they they weren't shoot, they weren't trying to find like shoot cancer. You didn't have any other cancer kind of growing through your body. No, something beautifully. I don't know if this is beautiful and awesome, but oh, uh, the blood brain barrier. The blood brain barrier. That's yeah. right. Brain cancer stays in the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got the. Uh, it's like uh, Game of Thrones. This is the the the, the yeah. Great Wall, the Northern Wall. Yeah, it's like the Northern Wall. Yeah, yeah the, no, nothing can, can. The White Walkers stay in your head. <laughs> That's right. They stay up in the head. <laughs> they don't. They can't get out of there. Um, which uh, you know may may be good, maybe bad. I don't know, but mm-hmm. like, but but yeah, well, th- well, time will tell. I mean, uh, yes. I, you know, George, uh, what's his name, George R. R. Martin. Oh, yeah. The books aren't done. Uh, no, one more season, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, but, I can't tell if we're talking about your cancer or if we're talking about Game of Thrones. It's all one more it's all season. <laughs> I'm hoping for more seasons. Come on, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. I need more seasons. But yeah, that 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 um, that that treatment. Um, the radiation treatment, like that proton therapy, was it was it was surprisingly not difficult. And uh, and I was talking about we we brought it up because of uh, the music component of it. And and the, they they asked me when they they lock me down to the table, and they say you know you know hey we have a CD player in here and you want to listen to music, and uh, I was like yeah sure you I know got a fucking CD player yeah they have a CD Ugh. player and they had like a st- like a small very small stack of CDs and I was like I can't even imagine they have I'm, I'm such a snob with music I was like I can't imagine they have anything I like but uh, they I said what about the Beatles and they're like oh we have the White Album I was like 
Oh my God, that's amazing! The White Album of all things, like yeah. one of my favorite all-time records. One of the most like powerful albums of all time. Oh yeah, it was so. <laughs> so I listened. So and I had uh, like something like 30, 32 treatments, and um, uh, I listened to the White Album every single time. It was like a forty-minute uh, process. So from start to finish, so they once all the humans leave the room, they mm. lock the door, they turn on the the jets, and then they turn on the music. And I'm like, just laying there, locked down on this table, uh, unable to move at all. And you know, as if they haven't figured out to just set up some fucking Bluetooth in there. You know what I mean? Or like, yeah. come on, <laughs> you know, you know, like I get it. Like, hey, the White Album, that's great, but. At least have uh, the ability to listen to some, like, podcasts or some shit. I know. Podcasts, right? I need to get more into podcasts. Oh, dude, you're on one now. I know I'm on now, one now. Now you definitely got to get I, into that. I've, I've listened to, <laughs> I listen to podcasts here, pod, podcasts, podcasts here and there, but, yeah, I, I, I'm a media dude, and I have way too much media. Mm. That's my problem. So, um, you're... They remove the tumors, uh, or at least what they can, out of your head. Two brain surgeries. Uh, you go through chemo, radiation, you know, like these crazy proton laser treatments that aren't really lasers. No, but it's radiation. But radiation, That's okay. Radiation. Yeah. Um, and how long of a period is this? Is the treatment of all this? Uh, totally. I mean, I. So I had. Um, the the radiation stuff was uh, six weeks worth, like pretty much every day for six weeks, and then um, the chemo I did chemo for fourteen months. Oh Jesus Christ! That's a yeah. So once oral or uh, yeah, oral. Okay. And um, I I'm definitely lucky because I've met people who mm-hmm. it totally sucks and. Actually, they, they wanted me to do six months. They started me with six months, but I tr- I handled it really well, apparently. Mm. Well, according to them. Um, but I didn't feel terrible. I felt not good, but I didn't feel like... Mm. I wasn't vomiting. I wasn't like... But I was definitely a lot more, you know, tired and all that. But at the time, I was working and going to... to you know, so it wasn't ter- horrible. But, yeah, it wasn't... Yeah. Mm. I wouldn't do it again. Oh, no. no, no. Actually, I would do it again because it may or may not save my life again. Right. And uh, give me a few more years. So when you come off the, off the, uh, the chemo, what's the, what, what's the word like at the doctor's office? What are, they, what are they telling you at this point? Are they giving you kind of a, um, a hopeful future, a bleak future? Uh, well, that's up to me, isn't it? Hmm. I don't know. I am... Ex- when, when did you finish your last treatment of chemo? Uh, I think two years ago. Okay. So two years ago. So I, I'm almost two years, uh, uh, well, maybe two and a half, or one and a half years um, f- uh, treatment-free. And uh, But, you know, I get scanned. Every MRI. six months or whatever, three months. Yeah, I have an MRI coming up. I'm turning forty, and I have a, a scan right before my fortieth birthday. So do they? Do they just like when you come off the treatment? Uh, do they just kind of go? All right, now we'll see. Yep, that's exactly what Jesus they're Christ. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of absurd in a way because 
we're all, I mean, we're all humans. The doctors are humans, or we're humans. It's true. So we sort of deal with this emotionally. And I mean, doctors are trying to do their best to be empathetic and kind to their patients. Um, I happen to be a, 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 a guy with some some good news for them to tell. I, I can't imagine what it mean, would be like in an, um, an oncologist and constantly telling people that you know they've got da- you're not going to make it weeks yeah. to months to live. You know, and I mean a lot of us won't mm-hmm. make. I mean, but I, they they never gave anything like that to you. Like they never said, well, Mark, it looks like you've got maybe X years left. No, they did. They did. What did they say? I'm already past the the time. What, what what was the time that they gave you when they told you? Well, they they told me they told me anywhere between two and ten years. So you're beyond the first two. I'm on three and a half years. Okay. So, yeah, my. And how do you feel about that idea or about myself now? Let's hit both of those. Okay. Well. How do you feel right now, in this moment? I mean, right now I'm in Maui, yeah, <laughs> so I feel awesome. goddamn good. No, I feel awesome, and I, you know, like I said, I, it's that's that's a that's a that's a personal challenge for to to just. It's a battle you have to do every single day to say like I am going to feel good today. I'm going to feel good. I'm going to feel loving. I'm going to care for the people around me. I'm going to make sure that I leave a good legacy here. In this in this planet, I am saying if if you have hours to live or days to live or weeks to live, you know, make them count. You know, like I think wasting time. I think wasting time doing stupid stuff. Like I I stopped working, um, not un- intentionally. I like my job sort of went away. By uh, I was working at an internet startup company that folded, <coughs> and uh, that was a bummer for sure. And for a long time, I thought, oh, I'm going to get another job in the tech startup world because I, you know, you know. But then I started re- recalibrating on that and being like, mm. why? Why? Yeah. Like, I want to live my life, and what I what what's one of the most important things to me is playing with my kids and helping them grow up healthily and well. You know, both. Mm mentally and emotionally and and physically you know um that's that's my number one number one by far goal mm-hmm. uh, having good relationships with my friends my family um you know it's do you have days where it's hard you know like do you, like what what do those days look like when you wake up and it's not so easy to go i'm gonna be i'm gonna be a rock for for the people in my life i'm gonna be uh, grateful for the things in my life. Um, that is. Uh, like, yeah. what, what are the dark? Like, what are the dark moments? Because I get that question a lot, right? Yeah. I get people ask me a lot. Um, like, do you ever get really down on your CF or on the fact that you you are, yeah. you know, you may only have ten years left? Yeah. And my answer is is my answer to them is is always no. Like, I don't. I have. I have days like uh, days where I'm up and days where I'm down, but like in general, I don't have those like angry like why me on my knees in the rain like screaming to the gods kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't experience those, 
but in my case, I feel like there's there's a little bit more distance, even though it's, you know, even honestly, even though I probably only do have under ten years, mm-hmm. it just feels so distant because I haven't gone through something where they've said, like I've just I've lived with it my whole life, right? Yeah. Whereas I, I'm I'm always curious to know for someone who has lived this like in quotations healthy life then all of a sudden they have this weight dropped on them like mm-hmm. hey here's some brain cancer um, like how how I think one of the, the luckiest things I can say to that is that I've lived my whole life with a sense of presence mm. and being in a in a place or a, or a time, and saying this is awesome. Yeah, recognizing the moments that rock, right? Even the baseline moments, and always like hoping that my my moment tomorrow is going to be as awesome as today. Mm. And there's going to be times when my life won't be awesome tomorrow, and but I'm I've always hoped that it would be. And if it's not, I'll be like, you know what? Today was a sucky day. And just mm. admitting that and saying, it's okay. Because mm-hmm. tomorrow could be a lot better. And I am I have such a positive attitude about it, so, strangely. Because some people are like, God, man, I don't know how you think about that positively. But okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, I do. I think about that all the time. And I think more and more, even... I thought about that before I was sick. And now that I am sick, it's like, yeah, this is... My my biggest, I think my biggest concern is is the people around me who are going to be sad when I'm gone. Affected by, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, but I hope that my energy can translate to their experiences mm-hmm. as well, where they can understand that losing me is is okay because they're living their life. And and again, I I always refer back to my children and saying like, you know, those kids and when they grow up to be teenagers and when they grow up to be adults and they start to get like you know partners and and when they start having children and you know it's like wow I hope that I have conveyed to them the love and intention to stay present and stay positive even in the crazy world around us that happens in such a you know it can be daunting I mean if you pay too much attention to like I don't know presidential elections and all that kind yeah. of stuff that makes people insane um, it makes me insane I mean there's there's moments even here when I was in Maui just the other night I was like freaking out when I turned on my you know, Facebook, and I was looking at the news, and I was like, Jesus Christ, what is happening in the world? And Mm -hmm. I got all flustered and mad, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why am I doing that? Who cares? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I want to do positive, and the very first things you can do positive to, like, the government or the things around you is yourself. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that will trickle down trickle down. or trickle out trickle out from yeah exactly yeah, from, from you. yourself is that is that your legacy like what is your when you speak of speak to your legacy what is that what does that look like well that's yeah that's 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 it that's the that's number one 
by far. I mean, I was raised uh, in a in a Christian uh, <coughs> household, and I don't really identify particularly with the the, the Christian faith as much now, mm. which is you know, you know, like my mother loves you know. Sorry, mom, when she hears this, if she, if she hears this. Uh, there's some swearing in this. My mom won't like that. Mm. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, but sorry, mom. Yeah, exactly. But you know, there's like this hope for oh, I'll be in heaven one day, or you know, this this I go to heaven. I, I don't know. And and to the contrast, to to the contrast that I have plenty of friends, scientific and otherwise, who say like death means the end of everything like you won't see anything else yeah it's like you're you're gone that's that's where i stand yeah do you yeah yeah i mean i i think this is it one life and and then black yeah and and fine yeah you know uh for me like what's the point either way since mm-hmm. nobody knows well that and that you know i you know it's so funny that i say i think i think that yeah. i actually i don't know i don't, i don't know yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if it's if that's what I should say is that I, it wouldn't surprise me if it was just yeah. flip that's it, and it also wouldn't surprise me if there was you know I I woke up and I'm like oh now I'm a pig, you know I mean, or whatever. Having like I I've thought a lot knows? about this uh, from in context of my seizure like yeah having, exactly yeah yeah like and having that experience where like reality changed so rapidly and, and you're one place in one second and the next second you're in a completely different place with a completely different circumstance yeah I mean are we what's gonna have our experience are we gonna experience something else other than this human body mm-hmm. uh, this universe this planet mm-hmm. this uh, this place this Maui place that we're sitting in right now I mean is it I, I, I struggle with that so much but then I think it it's again, you know. I there's no point in fearing it, and I don't think that there's anything you can do. Although, again, my mother would argue this to to save yourself. Mm-hmm. To say you're you're if you don't believe this, you're going to go to the to darkness, another place. Yeah, yeah, to sure. the darkness. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I don't know what the darkness mm-hmm. is. What what is the dark the darkness? Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know, but I feel like there's not really much control. No, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like you're you're going to... If you're going to go anywhere, it's it's out of your hands. Yeah. yeah. But who knows? Maybe maybe the Christians are on something. Yeah. You know? Maybe... And, maybe I mean, and the Muslims. I mean, everyone or, yeah, has everybody that. has their own thing. All those rel- major religions have that belief that when you pass, something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. There's I, only one way to find out. Yeah, there is, and that's dying, and everyone's going to do it. Everybody, every single one of us. Yeah. And so, I. But again, I. You can you can dwell on that and spend a lot of energy just like ruminating it and just being frustrated by it or not frustrated, you know, or like frustrated that other people aren't doing what you want them to be doing, mm-hmm. like kind of what my mom <laughs> mm-hmm. does to me mm-hmm. which is like why aren't you christian anymore and mm-hmm. i'm like mom i don't i don't know because i just don't know what's i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know i don't have an answer i what i've been through what i've experienced in this life in my adult life in my 30s you know almost 40s now has made you question 
everything. Everything, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can be that person who who gets caught up in that kind of thing, or like you were talking about earlier, you can be that person who is who focuses on right now, right? As cheesy as it says, the present moment. Mm-hmm. As, as cheesy as it sounds, that the be within the present moment. You know, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I read a lot of uh, Eckhart Tolle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mean he's kind of a cheese ball a little bit. I I actually really liked um, listening to him on uh, audio recordings because um, there's some you can hear on uh, you know wherever you get audio recordings uh, you can hear a piece of uh, his lectures mm-hmm. where he so if you if you <coughs> listen to uh, Eckhart Tolle's book and which he reads and you can buy it on Amazon or whatever or you know and you you he just reads it out and he has you know his very strange robotic mm-hmm. way of speaking. audiobook voice yeah yeah i don't know if you've ever heard him no I, I don't know what he sounds like oh he sounds very strange very, very <laughs> i'm going to uh, have to check it out oh he's an, uh, he's a canadian by the way Eckhart Tolle is a canadian yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. He lives, uh, I think, in BC. Okay, cool. Yeah, but he uh, he said because he's got a German background from from his young age, but now he so he has this very strange way of speak. He speaks very very monotonely, and but he has this very strange German accent mixed with something that I can't even identify. Dude, I've never heard him, but I feel like that's a bang on accent. Yeah, so he <laughs> he can't so he, so the one that if you read like his best-selling book that he reads on audiobook, it's 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 okay. It's good. It's a great. I've listened to it like 5 times. Uh, it was so helpful because it's so mellow. He's the way he talks is so mellow. It, it calmed me down through so many hard times. But recently, I heard him doing it at, live as with, a lecture with an audience. Yeah. And one of the funniest things, one of the greatest things about the way he speaks, is he giggles. Oh yes. So he talks mono, very monotonely. But then, <laughs> no, not like that. <laughs> that would be, not, not quite. But yeah, but like, he, he, he has this very faint, like he's laughing at the universe kind of giggle. Mm, it's mm. like it's it's endearing. It's mm, endearing. It's yeah. like because it's everybody's taking everything so seriously yeah. at this talk to learn more about the universe and life. What does life mean? I mean, that's why everyone's there. Mm -hmm. What does life mean? Here's a very important, wise, wise person talking about what does life mean? And, and then every, pretty much every moment or so, he's like, (laughs) he's just laughing at the absurdity of life. He's like, he's like, yeah, I mean, which is like when you can, when you can tap into that, I feel like I, I, you know, I'm not trying to blow smoke up my own ass here, but like, I feel like I've, I can tap into that very easily. Like the, the absurdity of life. Like that's one of the things why I do this podcast is because yes, like we, people who are sick or people who suffer through illness, it's very hard and very tough thing to go through, but there is, it gives you this, it can give you this ability 
to really see the absurdity within everything that we do, mm-hmm. right? Like this experience, this human experience of life is fucking ridiculous. It's Very. absolutely ridiculous. Very. And it's, and it's hilarious. It is hilarious. It's a hilarious thing. And I don't know. There's like a power to that. There's a power to like being able to laugh at it and laugh off, you know, don't take it too seriously. No, I don't. I, I try really hard not to take ser- things too seriously. I, I, there are things I take seriously, like good coffee, fatherhood, good coffee, <laughs> you know, surfing. Yeah, you know, I yeah. take that seriously. The important well, shit. Yeah. yeah, the important stuff. Yeah, but but yeah, being able to laugh, mm. being able to laugh at even like the most traumatic and devastating thing mm-hmm. to find the, the humor in it. Exactly. Um, it's there. You, you just have to mine for it. You have to, yeah. you have to dig. Yeah. But when you find it, it's like, ugh. Yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's that feeling of like, uh, that tingle uh, yeah. down the back of your neck of like, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to put to words. Yeah. If you were to choose a song that, that you're kind of jamming on in the, like, what would be the title track of your life soundtrack? Today, <laughs> man. Well, I play it in the car. Uh, no name. I think it's a perfect name, and uh, it's that young rapper from uh, Chicago, a uh, young woman, and um, she just put this record out this year that is so good. I just listened to it today again because I'm sharing it with all these cancer survivors here, mm. and you like that, oh, dude. Right? It's so. F- Dope. I, I love it. Still, I think it's one of my favorite albums of the year. And uh, so much of it is that she talks about in her rapping and her, her, her songs, her music is, is about like kind of not, know, not knowing where she is and what she's doing and what, what it all means to be alive and to, to be part of like this intense universe around her from children because it's not even clear exactly if she has a child but it kind of she raps a little bit about being a mother Mm -hmm. but that's not entirely clear in in the music but um, she her name uh, her music name is No Name because she doesn't want to be Identified with a real name, it's, it's kind of a little bit doesn't really work exactly because now we're all call her no name. Mm. But it's funny to to have something like that and have, be a have have no name. Mm. And I think that there's so there's such a poetic beauty in that mm-hmm. having no name. Interview interlude in that new with my boo thing. Got the flu with the tea remedy for my boo thing. My baby needs some milk, honey. My baby needs some milk, honey. I swear he love me. My tummy almost got ready for bitty baby spaghetti and teddy bear in my window now. Golden child, always smile before you leave. Don't look down. God will help you spread your wings. My baby needs some milk, honey. My baby needs some milk, honey. Telephonication nation, baby, help me testify. Oh, you know I hate goodbye. Bye, bye, blue. Somebody let the yellow in. Bye, bye, blue. Gonna fall in love again on a lonely road where happiness needs us. You my baby, you my baby. I'm your baby, I'm your baby. 
I think that's a really good point. The you know talking about no name and how and and you know the power of of that names hold and um, so here at camp we have power names. You know me as River. Um, I don't know you as Mark. I know you as Walu. Uh, wh- where does where does wh- wh- what did Walu come from? <laughs> do you want to hear the story of Walu? I uh, fuck yeah, I do. Okay, the story of Walu came because. I was, uh, so I, we had, my wife and I uh, lived in, in West Philadelphia uh, and in this really great um, clutch of housing, right? There, there was like, we lived on the second floor, we had awesome neighbors on both the third and the first, and then the house next to us had three uh, apartments and they were all awesome people and we all shared this backyard. And we had like could sit back there and put all of our children, and, and, and there were a lot of children, and we all put the uh, like the little uh, audio, uh, what do you call it, the uh, thing where you can hear the kids, uh, the baby monitor, the baby monitors up in up in the room, mm-hmm. and we could all sit in the backyard and uh, you know whatever your your fancy was in my case, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> and everyone's drinking wine or whatever and hanging out and having a good time. Um, and so I was, one day I was like, God. Okay, so yeah, we smoke weed back there. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> is the only way of getting this out is like, know, okay, fine, I, we smoke I the weed. I didn't want to say it, but then I, now I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so, got to be said. So we were, yeah, we were, I was really high. And so is my, my neighbor, and he was a dear, a dear friend, who I won't name by name. But, I, but we were sitting there, and it was just he and I were left. Everyone else had gone to bed, and he and I were sitting there and just, like, look, just talking. And, and I was like, you know, you're kind of like a walrus, man. And he was, he, he's, he's not a super chubby dude, but he's a little bit chubby. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and. Oh, and my wife, I, yeah, my wife must have been there, yeah, because she was like, that's so rude. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I didn't mean to refer to his body, because like, yeah. I, think, I think maybe women would really automatically assume, automatically yeah, yeah. assume that. But, but we were more like, in my mind, it was more of a spiritual thing. It's mm-hmm. like, like, whatever, it was like, that was his spirit animal. Yeah. You know, he was like this walrus. A walrus, yeah. And, he, and he's such a good human being and I love that man so much and he's such a good guy but I sort of like spit that out by my little stony self and I felt really guilty after that oh, no. because because my wife was like, you totally, you asshole, yeah, you right. asshole, you totally call him like a fatty, and I'm like, no, I, <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. But of course, I haven't since said that because right. I felt so guilty about it. But then I came to my first camp here, and they were like, what's your power name? I was like, you know what, walrus, that's me. I'm, I'm the walrus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am the walrus. Yeah. Cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> yeah. and, and, of course, Walu means walrus in Hawaiian. So. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It's a, Oh, nice. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So. Dude, I love that. Yeah. You know, man, you're kind of like a walrus. <laughs> I know. I, you're I, so high, he just turns and goes, 
But I am a walrus. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. But I, I have not yet said that. Again. Did you ever see the movie Tusk? Uh, it's very, very fucked up movie. Kevin Smith did it, and uh, yeah. he tr- he's a crazy guy in Canada. He wants to, and he kidnaps a dude and wants to turn him into a walrus. No, I haven't seen that. It's very dark. <laughs> it's very funny though, as well. Um, Wally, thanks, man. Yeah, this was sweet. This was. It was it was good to like sit down and and kind of. Glad we could do this just, before camp's over. Yeah, me too. I'm glad we figured it out. Telephonication nation, baby, help me testify. Well, you know I hate goodbye. Bye bye blue. Somebody let the yellow in. Bye bye blue. I'm gonna fall in love again on a lonely road where happiness needs us. You my baby, you my baby. I'm your baby, I'm your baby. You my baby, you my baby I'm your baby, I'm your baby On a lonely road where happiness needs us I'm gonna fall in love again On a lonely road where happiness needs us For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.